Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. What has happened, everybody? Greg Ehrenberg here from Stochastic.com. We're going to be breaking down another UFC card, and this one, Curtis Blades against Sir Jay Pavlovich. So as you guys come in, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Only takes you a couple clicks to do that and does really help us out in the YouTube algorithm. So it is appreciated, and I'm going to be running through a couple things. Or I should say a few things on this show here. I'm going to be going over my favorite TFS plays, and then I'm also going to be talking about a couple of bets that I've placed for the card. And then at the end, I'm going to be talking about Rainmakers for DraftKings, because DraftKings Rainmakers is who sponsors this show, and I'll build out a Rainmakers lineup at the end of this. And all of this information kind of goes hand in hand. So a lot of the fighters that I like for just DraftKings Classic Contest stands to reason I'm going to like them in Rainmakers as well. So if you guys haven't checked out Rainmakers yet, there is a link you can click on below that is going to take you to the site, and it'll let you claim a totally free starters pack for PGA, and it's free. No catch at all. You click on that link, you get to pick a stud golfer of your choosing. Golfers like John Rahm. You also got Scotty Scheffler, one of the studs you could pick. And then you're going to get other golfers also that'll fill out the rest of your lineup. So you could play lineups and just build them with the totally free starters pack and our starters pack contest you could answer, that you could uh, enter, I should say, on DraftKings as well. Now let's start talking about this weekend's card. And Normal deal, pulling up UFCstats.com. If you guys haven't watched this before, this is my main source of research when I'm going through it and looking for data for UFC fights, that and as well as just watching previous fights of the fighters. But this, I think, is the most valuable data that you could find for free on the internet as far as it comes for the UFC fights. And I want to start by talking about the main event because this is pivotal to me when it comes to building lineups for this card. Curtis Blades against Sergey Pavlovich. And whoever wins, I expect to score monster. On DraftKings. I don't think this fight makes it out of the first round. If it does, I don't think it makes it out of the second round. I think this one is going to finish fairly early, and it's either going to be Curtis Blades getting his wrestling game going, getting top position on Pavlovich and pounding him out or potentially submitting him, or he's not able to land the takedowns and Pavlovich knocks him out. If Pavlovich wins, it probably comes extremely early in the fight, like the first minute or two or something like that. And I'm going to be heavier on Curtis Blades in this matchup. He's somebody who, I'm not going to be like 100% Blades, but if I was submitting my lineups right now, I'd probably be like 70-30 in favor of Blades. And I do envision this being a fight that is going to be in 100% of my lineups. So we look at the fight, and it's tough. We don't have that much information on Pavlovich and his ground game. And typically, when we don't have to see fighters defend takedowns all that often... I err on the side of it's not a strength of theirs. So the only time we've really seen Pavlovich on the ground in the UFC was in his debut against Alistair Overeem. And I know that was a while ago. It was five years ago 
But Overeem is not really somebody who's well-credentialed as a wrestler or grappler. He's a very high-level K1 kickboxer, and that's really, well, that uh, well, well-known steroid user. But that aside, what, what we really know about Overeem is just his devastating power on the feet when he was in his prime. And as he got older, we knew him as a guy with a not-so-great chin. But in the fight against Pavlovich and Overeem, it started out fairly competitive on the feet. Overeem was getting the better of a lot of the exchanges, in my opinion. But here's where the fight really turned. Overeem went for a trip takedown, was able to get Pavlovich on the mat fairly easily, and then just jumped on top of him. Pavlovich just kind of got stuck there, and Overeem pounded him out. If we see Curtis Blades get his hands on Sergey Pavlovich, I tend to think he's able to pull him to the ground, and that could be the end of the fight right there. Same as if we see Curtis Blades have a takedown defended, it could be Pavlovich who's able to finish him on the feet, because Pavlovich's power is just ridiculous at heavyweight. So, I'm going to lean towards Curtis Blades just from a standpoint of I think that he has the tools to just make this the easiest path to victory possible against Sergey Pavlovich. My one concern I have with Curtis Blades is that we have not seen him wrestle a ton as of late. Now, in his career, he does land north of six takedowns per 15 minutes, which is a crazy high takedown output. But his fight against Tom Aspinall, we can't say too much about that. We saw Aspinall blew his knee out 15 seconds into the fight. So let's take that one out of the mix. But the fight against Chris Daukas, this is where I was a little bit concerned. Curtis Blades not only didn't land a takedown against Daukas, he didn't attempt a takedown. He kind of seemed to prove a point to get his striking going. And even in the 15 seconds against Aspinall, he didn't really look for takedowns in those 15 seconds. But what, 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 what stock were we putting into it? The fight against Jarzino Rosenstrike extremely, extremely slow paced. Blades ends up winning a decision, but lands three takedowns, wasn't overly aggressive in that fight. And the other concerning one for me, the fight against Derek Lewis, where Curtis Blades didn't land any takedowns, where he should have had a massive advantage there. And it wasn't until he tried to shoot for a takedown in the second round that Derek Lewis is able to time it, throw an uppercut and knock him out. So I think that Curtis Blades if he sticks to a smart game plan against Pavlovich and just looks to get his wrestling game going, don't even entertain striking with Sergey Pavlovich. Go out there and wrestle, Curtis. And I think you have a clear path to victory. Uh, like I said, I'm leaning towards Blades. I'm going to be probably like 70, 30, somewhere around there when I build up my lineups for tomorrow in favor of Curtis Blades. But I wouldn't outright fade Pavlovich in this spot either because if he wins, he's going to have a big score in DraftKings and he has a very realistic path to victory. I just think if you play this fight out 10 times, I think Blades wins about seven of them or something like that around those around those lines, just because in general, it is safer to bet on the wrestler than the striker in these kind of spots. Now, looking through some of the other fights that we have on the card, it is also really difficult to find very many live underdogs. There are a handful of big favorites, and then some of the closer line fights, I don't think have great scoring potential, but there are a couple of them that I want to talk about. And one underdog that I'm going to be on is uh, Brady Heastand against Dana Batgari. And another fight where I think we should be playing both sides of this one. Whoever wins, I think, should score really well. Here's why I'm leaning towards the Heastand side of this fight, though. Another fighter who just really aggressive with the wrestling and grappling. Listen, he lands four and a half takedowns per 15 minutes. Dana Batgari, a pedestrian 66% takedown defense. But Brady Heastand is so aggressive with the wrestling. Like, look, he only lands 47%. Of the takedowns he attempts, it doesn't deter him though. If he lands four and a half takedowns per 50 minutes, he only has a 47% takedown accuracy. You're looking at a fighter who's attempting about 10 takedowns per 15 minutes. And I do think that's a real path 
to tire out Bakary and also to score extremely well on DraftKings. So if you look at some of the fights of Dana Bakary, extremely dangerous earlier, extremely dangerous in the early going of the fight. His wins, first round knockout against Guido Canetti, first round knockout against Kevin Navidad, first round knockout against Brandon Davis. In general, if Bakary does not get a finish in the first round, he's losing the fight. So I'm hoping that Brady Heastan comes out, sticks to a wrestle-heavy game plan, which is the same thing I'm looking for out of Curtis Blades, because if he's not able to land a takedown, I think he's probably getting knocked out. We've seen we've seen Brady Heastan get hurt on the feet before. We've seen him get knocked down. But one thing here that I do think is uh, important also is the age difference. Brady Heastan is young, born in 1999. He is 23 years old, turning 24 in a week, right? So very young compared to Dana Bakary, who is 33 years old. And I do think we should be seeing improvements from Brady Heastan in between each of his fights. We haven't seen him fight for a minute. His last fight was against Fernie Garcia. He looked decent in a win. Didn't score massively on DraftKings, but relative to what his price is today, it would definitely be acceptable for this slate. Did land three takedowns in that that fight, and that was in, yeah, November. So we haven't seen him fight in about six months. I do think we're going to see improvements from Brady Heastan. Not saying he's a lock to win the fight, but I do favor him despite what the betting odds say. It is a closely lined fight. It's not like Bakary is a massive favorite, but uh, we do have a pretty good salary savings on Brady Heastand over on DraftKings, where he is priced at just $7,500 and isn't projected for a mass amount of ownership. We've got him projected for 23% in our projections at stochastic.com. So there's a little bit of leverage here because Dana Bakary is expected, at least in our projections, to be one of the more popular mid-range plays on the slate. So Give me Brady Heastan for leverage as a lower-owned fighter for this card, where it is really hard to find underdogs that we're going to be liking, or at least hard for me to find underdogs I like. One more, though, that I want to shout out is Matthew Semmelsberger against Jeremiah Wells. And I feel like Wells is kind of viewed as this prospect and somebody who's up and coming because he's kind of burst on the scene in the UFC as of late, but also somebody who's pretty old, right? He was born 1986. So Jeremiah Wells is definitely on the older side. And if you look at his recent results, really impressive. KO win against Worley Alves in the second round. A submission win over Blood Diamond. A first round KO over Court McGee. And Court McGee is extremely difficult to put away and hurt on the feet. So it was impressive, those outcomes. But this is a step up in competition for him against Matthew Semmelsberger. And Semmelsberger is somebody who I view has been making improvements in his own right as well. He looked great in the fight against Jake Matthews. He was outstriking Matthews. He also had a wrestling advantage over Jake Matthews, where I thought that that would be a spot where Matthews going to have a wrestling grappling advantage. Didn't end up being the case. Semmelsberger had him everywhere beaten in that spot. And I think this is an easier matchup for Semmelsberger. Jeremiah Wells has massive power. He's very dangerous. But Semmelsberger, a fighter who, if you look at some of his stats here, lands 4.6 strikes per minute. He lands 1.39 takedowns per 15 minutes. So he's a fairly active wrestler. He is higher output than does Jeremiah Wells. For sure, the power of Wells is a little bit concerning, but Semmelsberger is tough as hell. If you guys remember the fight that Semmelsberger had against Alex Morono, I know that Morono won that fight, but he was getting the shit beat out of him, was Matthew Semmelsberger, and he never even dropped in that fight. He had a really bad eye swelling, and he was able to tough it out. So we've seen him fight some other really powerful fighters. Chaos Williams. Like, who is more power than Chaos Williams? Chaos Williams, I believe, is fighting next week or two weeks, something like that, and is one of the biggest favorites on the card. 
But Chaos Williams wasn't able to knock him out. The damage of Alex Morona wasn't enough to drop him. I think this spot against Jeremiah Wells, if Semmelsberger is able to avoid the early knockout, I think he could be able to get his wrestling game going. I think he could also just win later rounds based on volume over Jeremiah Wells. So the early rounds are definitely going to be a little bit dicey. But another spot where I think there's leverage, we've got Jeremiah Wells projected to be pretty popular, nearly 30% projected ownership. So another underdog I like in Matthew Semmelsberger, who has upside and is also pretty cheap and gives us some salary savings. So talking through some of the other fights, uh, I want to talk about the Ronnie Yaya Montel Jackson fight. And if I could only pay up for one fighter on this card, if I had unlimited salary, Montel Jackson would be my guy. I feel very confident that he wins this fight and probably wins it early. I do have a bet on this fight, and it's what I'm going to be recommending here. I bet it on FanDuel, Montel Jackson plus 120 to win by knockout. And Ronnie Yaya is very, very old now. So Ronnie Yaya is 30, uh, 38 years old. He's going to be turning 39 later on in the year. And he just doesn't take damage very well at this point in his career. And even though Montel Jackson has been not necessarily racking up knockouts, he has been rocking, racking up knockdowns. And that is going to correlate to finishes at some point. You look at these recent outings for Montel Jackson, a knockdown against Julio Arce ends up being a decision when he knocked down JP buys four times in their fight, ended up being a decision. He did knock down Jesse Strader twice and ended up getting a finish in that spot. He lost to Brett Johns, but once again, had a knockdown in that fight, knocked down Felipe Kolarish, ended up being a decision win, but this is now five fights in a row with at least one knockdown. And in total, it is nine knockdowns over the course of those last five fights. This is a guy who, even if it doesn't show on his stat sheet, he has big power and he's a finisher. And this is a spot against Ronnie Yaya, who I don't even know what Ronnie Yaya's path to winning this fight is supposed to be. I guess he pulls guard, goes for a heel hook or some sort of leg, ent- some sort of leg entanglement, and he would submit Montel Jackson. But it's not something that I think is all that likely. And I'm not going to be playing any of Ronnie Yaya for DraftKings purposes this week. I'm going to be playing... Montel Jackson, where salary could be afforded, because Montel Jackson, $9,700. It is a difficult salary to pay up for, but I think he's alive for the quick win bonus and should just have a massive striking advantage. There is nothing that he should be fearing from Ron Yaya on the feet. Yaya lands 1.58 significant strikes per minute. Montel Jackson, not the highest output striker, but his output is fairly high overall because he does land 3.54 takedowns per 15 minutes. So when you look at the 3.54 takedowns per minute and the 3.39 significant strikes, this is a guy who puts out a lot of output. And I do think that he should totally abandon any thought of trying to wrestle or grapple in this fight. Just keep it on the feet, strike with Ronnie Yaya, and I think he gets him out of there in the first round and wins by knockout. So Montel Jackson, if you could play him, if you have the salary to in any of your lineups, I think this is the guy you should be paying up for. And for betting purposes, I like Montel Jackson plus 120 to win by knockout. That line is available on FanDuel right now. So walk through a few of those fights from a DFS perspective and also the betting angle on Montel Jackson. One more that I wanted to bring up though, and uh, by the way, I should also mention that shortly before I started recording, uh, Karine Silva and Priscilla Cachoeira, that fight has been called off. Cachoeira missed weight by four or five pounds. I forget what the exact number was. And uh, ultimately, the fight was called off. So unfortunate for me, because we're going to be talking about Rainmakers a little bit after this. And I do have some Karin Silva cards that I was holding. She was somebody who I really liked in the matchup against Kechwera. But that aside, let's look at 
Jasmine Lucindo against Brogan Walker. I like Lucindo and another fight here where I have a bet on. I did bet Lucindo to win by finish. She's plus 220 to win inside the distance. The best available line I could find when I was placing bets was at DraftKings. DK Sportsbook had it at plus 220. And uh, Lucindo's a finisher. If you look at, and also super, super young, she made her debut absolute banger against uh, Jasmine Yaragui. And that fight was a great, great fight. Ended up being Jaragui, who ended up winning by a fairly close decision. But I wouldn't knock her for losing her debut because she looked really good in that spot. It's about as good as you could look in a loss. It's a fighter who debuted and her stock went up by losing her debut. And she's really young. She just recently turned 21 years old. I think she's going to be making massive improvements. Also, some time off in between fights. That fight was nearly a year ago. So she was 20 years old and looked that good in that fight. How good is she going to look about a year removed from that, now being 21 years old? And then also, I talked about her being a finisher. She has 13 career wins, and of those 13, 10 have come inside the distance. Something else to know about Lucinda, a lot of people might look at her record and say, oh, 13 and 5, that's not all that great looking on paper. Yeah, but we just talked about she is only 21 years old. She made her, her pro debut in 2017. Six years ago, she was 15 years old when she made her pro debut because she needed to earn money for her family. So I wouldn't knock her for any early losses in her career because she was like 15, 16 years old when she had some of those losses. It's not something I really want to hold against her. And I do think she's a tremendous prospect with potential champion future in her her sights. That's how high I am on Jasmine Lucindo. And I'm super low on Brogan Walker on the other side. She looked terrible in her... In uh in the tough finale, it was. So, yeah, the uh, ultimate fighter finale, she fought against Juliana Miller. And think how bad Juliana Miller looked in her first actual UFC fight against Veronica Macedo, now Veronica Hardy. And Brogan Walker got dominated by Juliana Miller in that fight. Miller landed or outlanded her 110 to 52 in terms of the strikes. She landed four of four takedowns. She held nearly 10 minutes of control time. And this was in a fight that ended up being finished in the third round by Juliana Miller. So Brogan Walker just got dominated from pillar to post in that fight. And I think that Lucindo is immeasurably better than Juliana Miller. So I like Lucindo to win. She's a somewhat contrarian payup option on DraftKings, but I do prefer Montel Jackson as a payup. But for a betting perspective, I do like Lucindo plus 220 to win inside the distance. And Hopefully, we have another good betting week because we've been on a pretty good run with these. We're profitable again last week. If you guys tailed the bets I had in the video, I ended up winning on, let me recall last week's, probably should have had this at my fingertips now. Yeah, so Max Holloway against Arnold Allen. Right, I had a, I had a Pedro Munoz plus 180 was one of the bets that I had that ended up cashing. And I did end up adding in the... Um, in the in the chalkboard channel, we have. By the way, if you guys haven't checked out chalkboard, there's a link for it below. It's totally free to download chalkboard. Place some additional bets in there. I ended up betting Max Holloway plus one thirty to win by third to win by fourth, fifth round, or by decision. So needed a late finish by Holloway or a decision when it was plus money, and then ended up winning. So it was a profitable betting week for us uh, last weekend, and been on a good run lately. So couple more bets that I had that were plus money. As long as one of those wins, it'll be another profitable week on that front. Let's head on over to DraftKings Rainmakers. Like I said at the top, if you guys haven't checked out Rainmakers yet, click on the link below and you do get a free starters pack for the PGA product. 
Uh, let's build an elite lineup here and check in location. There we go, it worked. Yeah, so unfortunately, like I said, the Silva Cachoeira fight has been canceled, so no longer have that as an option. So Pavlovich and Blades, I have some cards of both of them. I'm going to go with a Curtis Blades in this lineup. He is the fighter. Once again, I'm going to have more exposure to him. If you look at right now, the elite cards I have, I'm holding four elite Curtis Blades. I have one elite, Sergey Pavlovich. Let's see, so we need to put another elite card in this lineup. I'm going to want Montel Jackson in some of these lineups as well. He's just so safe and has so much upside. So put Montel Jackson in, and also... There's no salary cap in Rainmakers. It's you could buy packs, you could purchase cards on the secondary market, and you could play whoever you want. You're holding cards of, but got a couple of finishers in there. Who else do we want to add? Got the Brady He stand. I do want to. I, I do like Bobby Green a lot in his matchup against. Let's see, do I have a Bobby Green here? I know I saw that I have the Jared Gordon. I don't really like Jared Gordon this week. Yeah, I've got a handful of Bobby Greens. Do I have an elite? Yeah, so I'll put this in for now. So a couple, uh, handful of big, uh, a couple of big favorites in Bobby Green and Montel Jackson, Curtis Blades. Whoever wins the main event, I think is going to put up a massive score. So a priority for me in Rainmakers for sure. Another fight, the Jeremiah Wells against Matthew Semmelsberger. That's another fight that I want to prioritize for Rainmakers purposes. I'll put Matthew Semmelsberger in this lineup. And let's see, who else do I have? Yeah, originally the Song Yidong Ricky Simone fight was on this week, but it's moved back to the main event for next week now. Those cards still work for next week, by the way. Oh, got a Lucindo, so I'll add her in here as well. So this is a good-looking lineup. We've got Curtis Blades, a little bit of variance in the main event to be sure, but I'm leaning towards the Blade side. Then we got Montel Jackson, Bobby Green, two safer favorites. Same with Jasmine Lucindo and the Matthew Semmelsberger, an underdog, but one that should score extremely well if he wins. So submit this lineup. We are good to go. Lineup submitted. So there we go. That is going to do it for me today. If you guys haven't done it yet, do me a favor, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you have any questions or comments for me, let me know below in the comment section. Or if you're in our Discord channel, for our premium DFS package. We're always in there hanging out, watching the fights together and sweating it out. So if you guys have questions for me in there, you could always hit me up. That does it for me, guys. I hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the cards. Enjoy the fight. A terrible way to finish this, by the way. If I wanted to, I would edit that out. But I want you guys to see my flaws here. I want you to see how much of an idiot I could look like trying to finish out a show when my mouth is dry and I've been talking for the last 30 minutes. So we're going to do it right this time. Like the video. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Good luck this weekend. Enjoy the card and enjoy your weekend. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.